Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, the creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I realized that I have yet to do my full Paris recap with you guys. Tay and I did a Lisbon recap, but we barely scratch the surface on Paris. I mean, let's get honest. People always say like, New York City is the greatest city in the world. Fuck that shit, okay? Paris, Paris is clearly the greatest city in the world because what other place would you go to willingly spend all of your money and want to go back again the second that you leave when you are treated like complete shit? by all the people that live there. That's Paris. And now, don't get me wrong. Paris is in Chayab. Like, Tay and I had the time of our lives. The city is just so gorgeous. And you guys, we were there during the fucking striking, okay? Which is now just imploding beyond. So I, technically, we got lucky because it was like before the shit really hit the fan. But like, truly, there was actually shit everywhere. But we're New Yorkers. Like, I just thought it was trash day. Uh, and then our friend sent us this BBC article that was like, are you guys okay? And it was just like pictures of news coverage on BBC, which is like, that's like a reputable outlet, right? I mean, honestly, I don't even know what the news anymore, but like it feels like the place that you go when you want to like actually get, wait for it, an unbiased opinion. And we were like, oh, wait. Oh, so there, then Tay was like, that's so weird. The news is covering trash day in Paris. I'm like, babe, I think that there's probably more to the story. Now, turns out there were strikes going on in Paris when we were there. And for like, I don't know, for good reason, for bad reason, I'm conflicted as an American. I was like, y'all are a bunch of pussy sissy babies. So what I learned whilst there was that um, people were, I mean, striking, hence the garbage everywhere. Don't even get me started on the experience we had getting through customs. Didn't know they did that before you left. And their TSA, I will never talk shit 
about American TSA ever again, which like used to be my favorite pastime. But honestly, compared to what we experienced in the French airport, we are thriving in America as far as our security at the airport goes. But apparently the Parisian or French government announced or there's legislation passing that like they're extending, like pushing back the age of retirement in the country. And you know, those socialites, they barely work their entire adult existence and they want to retire at like fucking 47. So apparently yeah, the government's pushing back the retirement age. I think it's like, I don't know. It was like 56, which is an American. I'm like, that's when you're hitting your stride in the workplace. And I don't know, they bumped it to like 65. Something like, as far as I was concerned, is totally palatable. But no, 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 mon chéri, unacceptable with the French people. So, uh, you know, they had, uh, they stopped their feats and they had adult tantrums and apparently they stopped taking out the trash and the TSA just like decided not to do their job in protest. I mean, it was quite effective. I was lame as a rob the entire time the three hours that it took for us to get through all of the lines to get to our actual gate i can't believe we even made the friggin' flight so yeah it was a shit show but it wasn't a shit show like i mean when we got there aside from the trash and aside from the horrible experience leaving the country you wouldn't even really know that anything was going on no but the reason it was it was kind of unpleasant was because of the people themselves and as a New Yorker, we're the ones that always get the bad reputation of like, oh, God, New Yorkers are so scary, so mean. Um, we're actually wonderful folk. No, it's the Parisians that, and I can't speak for the entire country of France. France! But what I can say is Parisian people are literally the pits. They go out of their way to be mean to tourists, specifically Americans. And I have known this from my past ventures there. I went there twice my whole life. One time with my parents, and then one time when I got engaged to husband. Ugh. I tried to pretend like that trip didn't happen on this trip, if you know what I'm saying. Not really a way to kick off a romantic vacay by, like, harping on the fact that I got engaged there a decade ago. But when I went with my parents, I'll never forget there was this, well, aside from the, like, raging diarrhea that my dad and I both had. French food is rich, hunty. My American tum-tum is, shockingly, you would think that given all the crap that the FDA allows to be put in our food and the pesticides and the hormones and all this shit that we'd have like iron steel bellies. But no, they do something with that French butter. That really fucks a bitch up. But aside from that diary attacks, we were in a cab. And first of all, everybody in Paris can speak English. Like they like have to. It's a part of their like schooling but they don't want to. And listen, I understand, you know, it's like, it's annoying. Like, hello, people, we're in Paris here. Like, at least try. But what I've realized is, so if you just start off by speaking English to them, they get their noses all out of joint. They're perfect Parisian noses. But when you attempt to be respectful and speak the language, they actually get even more pissed at you. So we were in a cab going somewhere, my mom, my dad, and myself. And my dad, let's get it clear. My dad is one of the smartest people I know. He went to Harvard. He is a doctor. These are admirable things, okay? These are smart, wicked smart people things. But language, not his specialty. So we were in a cab and my dad said to the cab driver, can you take us to the Champs Ulysses? Which 
in case you haven't figured out what he meant, he meant the Champs-Élysées. In my dad's defense, it does look like the Champs Ulysses. But the cab driver was so appalled by the Americanness seething out of our pores, he literally pulled the cab over and in English, because you know he spoke it, he made us get out of the cab. He said, I am disgusted. That is horrific. Get out of the cab. And uh, yeah, we had to walk the rest of the way. So I knew going into this vacation that the Parisian people were not to be fucked with. It's not even fucking with them. It's just existing as a non-Parisian that pisses them off. So I told this to my wife, Tay, before we left, when we were deciding, like, should we or should we not, like, go to Paris from Lisbon? Because I really toiled over it. I mean, I am a professional lady, okay? I am a business owner. And I was like, this is, this is giving irresponsibility. But no, 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 Tay insisted, and she'd never been to Paris before, and we were just so goddamn close. So I was like, yes, finally, let's do it. But I warned her before. I said, listen, Tay, the city is gorgeous. The shopping is everything. The food is unparalleled. Diary or no diarrhea, it's worth it. But I said to her, baby, the people are mean. And she, of course, doesn't believe anything I say because, yeah, do I have a history of being paranoid? Sure. Did I yell at my brother's roommate for looking at my wife for too long? Yeah, I did that. Did I get in a fight with a strange gay man at Andy Cohen's pride party because I thought he was saying I wasn't good enough for my wife? I did. But history can't be erased. So my wife's knee-jerk reaction is to not trust my opinions on people when I say negative things about them. So she was like eye-rolling me about Parisian people being not nice. Well, joke's on her because we had so many experiences where I just like would look at her and be like, tell just so. Now, okay. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I don't want to completely shit on Paris. It was so romantic, number one. Here are the good things. Our hotel. Now, this is kind of like an annoying thing for me to share with you guys because I like to share my treasures from my travels. You know, it's like, oh, I shopped here and I ate here, get drinks at this place, stay here. And um, I have a couple of little gems to share with you, but honestly, not that many because the number one thing I want to rave about is the hotel we stayed at and get ready for it. You ready to have the ick? Um, It's a Soho house and you can't stay there unless you're a member. Um, so to all my Soho House member listeners, girl, stay at the Soho House in Paris. It's a vibe. I mean, the room, I felt like I was staying at fucking Versailles. The ceilings were like so tall. The moldings were golden gorgeous. There was a freaking bathtub room in our hotel. And honestly, was it expensive? Yeah, duh, it's fucking Paris. But like I talked to Claudia recently and we were talking about like, she's like, I'm so jealous. I've never been to Paris, which like shook the shit out of me. So we've been like talking about like maybe this summer, like we might want to try to do a little Paris trippy trip, couples trip together. We're still figuring it out. But she was like, aren't the hotels insane there? And I was like, well, this one wasn't cheap, but like it wasn't 
over a thousand dollars. And she was like, that's incredible because she said she looked at hotels around Christmas, which is like, I'm sure the most expensive time of year. And to spend one night at the Ritz Carlton around Christmas during the Christmas holiday in Paris is, are you ready for it? $20,000 a night. I thought she was going to say for like a week, which I'm not a mathematician, but that's like $3,000 a night, which is a lot. But like, I mean, you know, inflation. What the fuck do I know about world economics? But yeah, I mean, let's just blame it all on inflation. No, $20,000 a night. That actually scared me. And I was talking to a friend recently, just like, I want to fact check Claudette because sometimes she exaggerates. And my friend was like, no, yeah, the pay, like, and it's not even like the nicest room. It's like a suite. And he's like, yeah, not during the high season, like the holidays. It's like 10K a night. What? So with that being said, then I was like, God damn, we got the bargain of the century at the Soho house. So the, the room, I mean, we had straight up diarrhea attacks like for an entire day and really couldn't leave the room. And I actually wasn't even mad about it because our room was so fucking sick. Like we were sleeping in a princess bed. We had a canopy over our bed. It was so luxurious. I mean, I put my clothes away. I unpacked my suitcase. We were there for three nights. I unpacked my suitcase in an armoire. There's a heating rack for your towels. We had six windows that opened into a courtyard that I took a picture out of. Oh, shit, I haven't posted that yet. Shocking, world's worst influencer forgot to post premium goddamn content. Okay, well, this uh, podcast is my excuse to post it now. It was fucking spectacular. So, hotel, chef's kiss. The food, don't even get me started. Every meal was better than the next. Like, it's like kind of being in Italy. Like, you can't really get a bad meal unless, like, you really try. Although, I will say, leave it to my wife. <laughs> to pick the one inedible restaurant in all of Paris. I don't have a ton of recommendations, but I have a ton of what the fuck to avoid when in Paris recommendations. Our first night there, we stayed at this like random hotel. We couldn't stay at Soho House. We stayed at this hotel called La Balou. L-E-B-A-L-L-U. Cute, very small rooms. If I stayed there the whole time, I would have lost my goddamn mind. I mean, I traveled with a big ass suitcase. So we went there and we were so tired by the time we got there because we fucking missed our flight in the morning because we went out in Lisbon and I mean, stayed up till five. So unnecessary. So we missed our fucking flights. I mean, I was fully intoxicated when I woke up at 830 in the morning. Um, so we ended up getting to Paris like super late. It was a hell of a day. Whatevs. So we were exhausted when we got there. And I was like, I can't even begin to like search for a restaurant. Let's just eat at the restaurant at the hotel. So La Balou restaurant. And I am, I tell you, the most delicious meal like ever. I was like, am I starving? Is my ozempic just wearing off? Like I was so into it that like, it almost felt like something was wrong. We ordered everything, typical Americans, but they were super nice about it. The hotel, honestly, the hotel kind of fucked me because the second we got there, like the hotel staff was so nice. The wait staff was so nice. The bartender Tate, of course, made friends with the bartender. And he was like, oh, you're staying at the Soho house for the next few nights. Like, I know the general manager. Her name is blah, blah, blah. Tell her, you know, so-and-so. That's my name. She'll hook it up. Like, I mean, they couldn't have a nicer. And Tate looked at me like, so the Parisians are mean, huh? And I was like, no, bitch, this hotel is just special. So 
we ordered like pommes frites, best fucking French fries I've ever had in my life. They were like McDonald's, but fucking fancy. Isn't that funny that the, the like, the litmus test for all French fries is like they have to taste like McDonald's, which are like so fucking cheap and so fucking bad for you. But like, you know, if a fry is good, you're like, just like McDonald's. They had this salad. It was like endive and bib lettuce. I swear to God, I've never had a better salad in my life. It was simple, but like, oh, the ingredients. You just want to put your jana piece in it. You want to shove it in your labias. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Maeve. Okay, if you're a dog owner, listen up. Did you know that a dog eating kibble every single day is like a human consuming a diet of 100% processed foods? Ew, right? No matter your species, fillers, additives, synthetics, they are not optimal sources of nutrition. I wouldn't feed myself processed foods every single day, so why are we feeding that to our dogs? Listen, dogs need unprocessed, high-protein, low-carb diets that kibble and fresh foods just don't deliver. Maeve is a protein-rich raw food for dogs that's just as easy as kibble, and it's supplemented for seven essential health benefits, including gut health, immune function, oral hygiene, skin and coat health. You got, they got to be looking gorgeous. Hip and joint health, mental health and anxiety, and growth and early development. May supports benefits that you can smell, feel, and see. From better breath and reducing itching and shedding to regular bowel movements and maintaining a healthy weight. Most dog parents see results in 28 days or less. Plus, it's easy. There's no mess, no prep, no thawing. You just open, pour, and serve. It's that easy. So I am not a dog parent, but I am a dog aunt. My sister-in-law lives like 20 minutes away from us in Brooklyn. We're in Jersey City, and she travels a lot for work. So my wife and I are always babysitting a widow boy, blink way. I promise I won't use dog voice the whole time, but I can't help it. He's such a good boy. He's a good kid. He's so sweet. I love him so much. He must live forever and only the best for Brinkley. So in past times that we babysat him, he had kibble and you could tell he didn't like it. I mean, honey, I don't blame you. It looks terrible. But his mom was looking for like something really, really, really good. And then she found Maeve. And the fact that I'm working with Maeve, it's just like, it's kismet. So now Brinkley is eating his Maeve and he is thriving. I'm telling you the last time he stayed with us and we gave him Maeve instead of kibble. He was like, bon appetit, aunties. Literally with Maeve, Dogs get to eat their favorite foods every single day. And it's not just me and my sister-in-law and Buinkley. People love Maeve. They have over a thousand five-star reviews. And so do their dogs, especially those notorious picky eaters, which Brinkley was, and now he is not. Make the switch to Raw today. Right now, Maeve is offering $40 off your first order at meetmave.com slash Taylor. Go to meetmave.com slash Taylor, that's spelled M-E-E-T-M-A-E-V, to receive $40 off your first order. That's meetmave.com slash T-A-Y-L-O-R. And now, back to the podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
We went out to a bunch of different bistros. We smoked cigarettes because that's what you do, hunty, in Paris. It's actually a smoking loophole. I used to smoke cigarettes. Oh, my God. I hope my mom's not listening, although she does know because she busted me. When I, I went to Soho House, um, Miami Beach House, like the weekend before I got my divorce, and my mom was with me, and um, we were meeting up with friends of mine to go have dinner, and they like couldn't find us. And then my friend, Cheery, she was like, oh, my God. Um, there you are. I thought you were outside smoking. Sherry, not in front of my mom, you know, you fucking narc. So anyway, I looked at my mom like, don't forget at this point, like I am well into my 30s. OK, I am on a birthday trip. I was supposed to be on with my husband in order to talk to my lawyer and get together with my mom and like figure out how I was going strategically to get out of this divorce alive. And I'm worried about my mommy knowing that sometimes she likes a Marlboro light. So I like looked at my mom with like fear, fear of God in my eyes. And Babsy was so cool. I mean, Babsy's gotten way cooler with age, but like uh, I still was scared. And she looked at me and she went, oh, honey, you're about to get divorced. Smoke cigarettes. Hell, I'll smoke a couple with you, which was hilarious because like she doesn't smoke. So like, you know, when you see somebody who's like, trying to smoke. It was like Miranda with Carrie when Miranda found out that Carrie was cheating on Big and she was like, honestly, give me a cigarette. And Carrie's like, you're such a good friend. Don't inhale. That was me with my mom. And she like coughed and it was like embarrassing. And I was like, give me the cigarettes and stop fucking wasting them. But my mom was very cool about it. But yeah, I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. But like, oh my God, when you're in Paris, you are allowed, honey. So we were like afterwards walking around, go to bistros, getting glasses of red wine, smoking cigarettes. Ah, it was a vibe. So the next day, don't forget, we only have four nights, okay, in Paris. And like, I want to get my eat on. And let's not forget. So my whatever. It's Manjaro, but like Ozempic. I'm just going to say Ozempic just so everybody knows what I'm on. I'm the poster child for peptides and semaglutides. And because we stayed so long in Lisbon, like my number one concern was, of course, work, staying, extending the trip. But my honestly, my more concern was that like my medication was at home and I couldn't get it because I was scared I would like gain all the weight back. Side note, I didn't because what? Because food in Europe is so superior to that in America. Like I was eating my fucking face off because again, off the Ozems means your appetite is like raging back. And also the food is insane in Paris. So I ate so much. I was so scared. I come back like gaining all the weight that I lost back and then some. But honestly, I think it's because European food is just like so superior to that of American food. Like I swear to God, it's a conspiracy theory, but I'm going to point with America where I'm like, they literally like, that fucking don't even trust the FDA. I mean, that's not an allegation. Well, it is an allegation formed within my opinion. Like, I don't want the FDA coming and suing me. But like, in my opinion, like the FDA lets all this crazy shit fly through. Like, they said that Oxycontin wasn't addictive. So we know we can't trust the fucking FDA. They're in bed with all the bad people. And also like all the hormones they put in our food and the fucking pesticides. And God knows, I swear they put in fat powder into our food. We have an obesity epidemic in this country. And when I've been in Italy and eat my fucking face off, didn't gain a pound. Literally lost weight. Same thing with France. France. Like, it's insane. I ate my face off in Paris. Guess what? First week back, first full week back in America. Guess who gained two pounds? Me. I also ate Taco Bell and McDonald's all weekend. So I guess that's kind of on me. Um, I was just testing the barrier of the Ozemps and, um, and experiment failed. So I'll go back to eating salmon and fucking uh, celery sticks. 
But like when I say the food was like superb, it was. And my whole plan was to like drink Sunset and eat my face off. But like we only had four days and four nights. So like I really wanted to be strategic about like where we ate. So luckily I have some uh, very chic friends in my arsenal that know Paris up, down and all around. So Stassi and Jackie Schimmel literally were our spirit guides to the entire trip. And man, did they crush. And did Jackie Schimmel send me the most comprehensive list? <laughs> like she starts with like hotel recommendations, where to shop recommendations, best bars, best places for live music, best restaurants. Will I share that list with everybody? No. Why? Because I value my friendship with Jackie. And Jackie just doesn't really give like, hey, share this comprehensive, specific, well-curated list that I have created through all my travels and money spent in Paris with the world. It's just, it's not the vibe. So uh, I'm going to keep my friendship intact with her and not share the list with you. I will share one recommendation off the list, but I didn't have the sense to think to text everybody until like day two. So our first day there, we were like left our own devices. So I'm like, where are we going to go eat dinner? And Tay was like, you know what I really want to do? I should have. Why would I listen to her about food? The number one fight we get into ever on vacation is fucking food. Because if I let her ass pick a place, we are eating goddamn chicken wings and I am lay miserable. I like know better. Oh my God. There was our first trip ever. We went to Puerto Rico. Oh my God. The tears, the drama. Our last night there, I was just like, it was my first trip ever, like planning a trip with that husband and also paying for a trip for me and the person I was on the trip for because Tay was a nanny at the time. And I was like, it's my treat, which I found out I'm not very good at treating because I am a stingy lesbian that does not like to share my money. And I mean, it's hard enough for me to spend my own money on myself. Like I used to have a husband that paid for everything. But like now not only am I paying myself, I'm paying for you. Tragic. No. So our last night, she was like, let's go to a pizza place. And we did. And it was like the goddamn, I mean, why would we get pizza in Puerto Rico? We're from, we live in New York City. Best Italian food next to Italy. And we're going to like roll the dice in Puerto Rico? Word to the wise, whenever you're like on an island of some sort, always go with the local fare. Do not try to get fucking fancy. So we did. And it was expensive and it failed. And I like had a full blown fucking meltdown and basically ruined a gorgeous trip over a one bad meal. So I know better, but you know, sometimes I forget why. Cause I love my wife so much. So Tay was like, she was like, I've always wanted to go to that bistro and something's got to give. Okay. Now to be fair, I was like, not going to lie, kind of same. Like every time I watch that movie, it's like when I see Carrie, Sex and the City at, um, at Pastis in Sex and the City, I'm like, oh, it's the best. Good. And I know that Pastis is good because I go there. But every time I watch Something's Gotta Give, it's like literally my favorite movie. That scene where she's with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you know, the guy from Speed, I'm blanking on his name, but like they're having this sexy dinner for her birthday. And then um, The Shining shows up and he's Jack Nicholson and they have this like amazing dinner and they're drinking wines or smoking cigarettes. And it's like these gorgeous banquets. It kind of looks like pasties. And they have like the best quote unquote roasted chicken. I'm not going to lie. I've romanticized that in my own mind. So I'm like, honestly, usually I'd say no to your suggestions, Tay Tay. But like I say, fuck it, let's go. So it really wasn't all her fault. But like she she started it. I mean, if it was good, I would have been like, oh, my God, look what I picked. And of course, if it's bad, I'm going to blame her until the day that she dies. But I wasn't even sure if it was a real restaurant. Like, I was like, I wonder if this is just kind of like a pretend thing. Well, guess what? It's real. All you have to do is Google Parisian restaurant from Something's Gotta Give, the movie, and it pops up. So it's called Le Grand Colbert Restaurant. 
don't go. <laughs> That's my recommendation. No go. I didn't want to drag them on social media because I'm nice. But like now that we're back in America safely, I will talk all the shit. First of all, the restaurant is beautiful, but the service was very Parisian, fucking rude. Although the maitre d' at the front was very cute. I think he thought that I was pretty, but um, the waiter did not. And he was rushing us like nobody's business. I will say this to its credit. I thought it was going to be a total tourist trap. Like it was very local feeling. It was very French. So I was like, okay, thumbs up. Good. This is going to be a good restaurant. It wasn't. Pretty sure it gave us food poisoning. Uh, little tip for anybody traveling to France. Do not order the oysters. I got so many DMs from people being like, oh my God, I had oysters when I was in France and I got so sick, food poisoning for days. So we ordered the oysters, didn't love them and uh, pretty sure they're the culprit. We did order frog legs. Very adventurous. Honestly, it tastes like chicken and was, well, I mean, you can't go wrong with something that tastes like chicken and is drowning in garlic and butter. So that was actually pretty good. But I have a feeling those are good like anywhere at a bistro restaurant in France. And then Tay got the scallops. <laughs> No, that's not me trying to speak French. That's me g -g -g gagging. They were like in the shells. And I'd never realized, but like there's like a little orange muscle that like attaches like the white round part to like the shell itself. It's disgusting. It kind of looks like sea urchin. And oh God, ugh. I'm like gagging just thinking about them. They, I'm a scallop girly. They were horrible. Like they just rushed them out. I almost think that the waiter was trying deliberately to give us food poisoning. See, now this is where the paranoia comes in and let me take my pill, my medication, my Lamotrigine. But honestly, still, I kind of think that bastard was trying to kill us. And then the chicken came and like, it wasn't undercooked, but like it was actually overcooked. It was ass. Like, how can you get bad roasted chicken in France? Yeah, I wasn't pleased and it was kind of expensive. So epic fail on that restaurant. Do not go. You consider yourselves warned. So at that point, Tay was kind of like, okay, <laughs> They were rude. And I'm like, yeah. and she's like, and the food sucked. I'm like, yeah, girl. Okay. So we leave there and I'm tired. But Tay's like, oh my God, when we were sitting at the worst disgusting dinner ever, I found basically the equivalent of Marie's crisis in France. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's probably a local spot and they really don't like Americans. Are you sure? She's like, yes, please. So I was like, fine. This was Tay's night. And honestly, she failed. So we go to the Maurice Crisis of Paris. It's a piano bar. People are sitting on the piano singing. And then there's like a downstairs. I mean, listen, the place was cool. It was like inside of a cave, it felt like. A catacomb, if you will. But like there was one small problem, which was that every single song they sang was in French. How do you sing along when you don't speak at the language? So we go in and there's just like, the, the staff was nice, but like the vibe was weird. There was like a whole long table of like, middle-aged white men. And I was like, oh, wow, France and America are not that different because there's MAGA men everywhere. That's the vibe I was getting. And like, I was kind of nervous to like be affectionate with Tay because I thought maybe they would, I don't know, like Liam Neeson take us. And like, my dad is not Liam Neeson, okay? My dad falls in the water of the bumper boats, okay? He's not allowed to ski anymore because he always injures himself. He fell off a tire swing and broke his arm. He's a surgeon. So like, my daddy ain't not flying across the Atlantic to come save our asses from being sold into sex slavery. So I was not trying to try these very creepy men. I will say, French people, oh my God, so gorgeous. We happened to stumble upon the most unattractive group of French men I have ever seen. And I know they're French because 
when they did finally start playing songs and singing them in English, they refused to sing and they glared at us while we were singing along. But I will tell you, like, their energy was like no brains. And these performers were singing their asses off. And there was like 15 of them. It was unbelievable. One more talented than the next. And I don't know if it's because we were there or if this is like something that they always do. But like they started singing a lot of the songs in English, which I appreciated. And I was like, you know what? They're doing this for us because like, unlike this table of molesters, like we're excited and we're cheering them on and we're like here for the entertainers. And I like, I don't know, I'm like starting to feel superior and feel like we're really jiving with like the local talent. And this woman gets up. She literally looked like Jill Zarin. <laughs> but man, the voice of an angel. She sang Celine Dion. I mean, she was blowing off the roof of that cave. And we were like making eye contact with her and cheering her on. I was like, this bitch likes us. I was like, fuck what I said. French people are the bomb. And then she's like, in English, she's like, Okay, so I'm going to sing the song and I want everybody to sing the song with me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, baby. Oh, what a night. Bring it on. Party in the USA. You know, you know it. You know, you like it. Miley Cyrus is she's an international star. And this bitch, while staring us straight in our eyes, starts to sing like the most Frenchy French fucking song I've ever heard in my life. Like, no one American knows this song. And she gets on the tables and she's walking around singing it now like all the pervy men, they're eating it up because they're like, ha ha. She was singing in English. The American girls don't know this song. And they're like, I'm telling you, the whole entire bar was looking at us like, sing it, sing one note, say one word. Oh, it was like the worst feeling in the world. And I was like, I just, I just wanted to like evaporate into the walls, like Kim Kardashian going into the bushes. You know, I was just... I felt we were being made a mockery of. But, you know, take it so mad at me when I get all paranoid. So I'm like, you have your medication in you. Try to be a happy camper. Like Cheryl's Barrels, the therapist says, be the bigger person. No one's coming for you. And then you want to know what this bitch did? She came over. We're sitting there in silence. We're clapping. We're trying. But we're being intentionally left out. And she comes over and she puts her fucking microphone directly in my face and went sing like what literally i haven't felt that excluded since i was forced to leave a play date in third grade because my friend was mad i was at her friend's house and she came and she told me to leave and take my stuff and they wouldn't even let me call my mom and i had to walk to judy's Candyland, which was like I don't know, a quarter of a mile away, but it was summer and I was wearing biking shorts, which I have no business wearing. And my thunder thighs were chafing together. My thighs were bleeding by the time I got to Judy's Candyland. And I went there because I used to go there all the time with my mom and I knew she had a phone and I could call my mom there and cry and stay there safely eating candy, waiting for my mom to pick me up. And that's when I said, fuck France. And you know what? Tay saw it. And for the first time in our entire relationship, she validated me. She said, you're right. <laughs> we are not welcome. And so we left and we did not leave the Soho house uh, for the entire rest of the trip. No, I'm joking. Um, no, but really, it was, um, it was traumatic. And um, people in Paris are actually mean. And nobody's lying when they say that. But I will say, silver lining of this trip was that um, it finally got my wife to see things from my paranoid perspective. And honestly, <laughs> that's priceless. Anyway, guys, uh, that is it for us this week. 
Have a great rest of your week. And uh, you guys know, I always say it. I'm a broken record, but seriously, it means the world. If you love me, if you like the podcast, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe, you just go. You're looking at the app right now. You go up to those three dots, you hit it, and you just say follow. Follow, subscribe, same thing. And then rate me. I mean, five stars would be ideal, but just like even hitting some of those stars, it does a girl wonders and leave a review. A hey girl, hey girl, I'll even take an HGH because the amount of reviews that we have in a podcast, they're literally like liquid gold. So please, if you love me, go do it. If you've done it before, fuck it. Do it again. Steal your husband's phone. That's what he's there for anyway. Take your kids' phones. They're ungrateful. They don't even appreciate that you got them an iPhone. But yeah, that's it for us. Another unhinged solo podcast. I know you guys like them. Uh, They do suck the soul out of my body, but God damn, it feels good. Anyway, guys, have a great one. Until next week, bye, girl, bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.